everyone. Welcome back. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in again. We are back. We have decided to do something a little bit different today. Um, we're not just going to talk about, you know, our bad moods and feeling down. We're actually going to talk about diagnostic tools and I don't know what's a good way to put it. I guess diagnostic tools, but more in an everyday use in the sense of, I think we all know that situation when you, no matter how much you're into it or not, when you sit at a dentist's office and there's like a magazine lying around and then there's a little test inside that says like, figure out what personality Mm -hmm. traits define you the most. And we're all always, I dare say, we are all intrigued and we're like, hmm, let's take it. And of course, there's many, many diagnostic tools in like clinical use, in clinical psychology, etc. And we're not experts on this field because this is not part of what therapists do. However, we thought it would be really fun to take some of these tests that you just find when you Google mm-hmm. personality test, depression test, etc., and see how high we score and kind of talk about it. And this is exactly what we did. Yeah, and I think something that is actually really important to mention is that there is, of I mean, of course, these tests that you're taking online um, can be created by anybody, but... There are, you know, reputable mental health websites that give you these tests. And there is no difference between the tests that you're taking online and a test that you might take if you go see a psychologist. They are really the same thing. They might differ in the length or the um, the questions or the way that they're scored. But I think relatively it is the same process. So I think this is also a really good thing to keep in mind. If you do go to a clinic or you go see a psychologist and you take one of these tests, it doesn't mean that that is fact or that's true or that this has more value than any test that you might take on Google if you Google depression test. Totally. And I think what's also always important to ask oneself, and I think this is a question that also therapists, or I know for a fact that we get that question a lot, you know, what's the difference between a psychologist and a therapist and stuff. These tests you will not do when you go to see a therapist. When you go to see a therapist for a first interview because you want to start a therapy, they will not do some personality tests with you or whatever. But if you go to a specified clinic or to see a clinical psychologist or something, as far as I know, chances are much higher you will take a test. And this is more for just evaluation so they can see more, you know, what are we dealing with here? Where do you score, etc. But I think it's always extremely important that if you do these tests, no matter where, that you really take it with a grain of salt and that you do not get hung up on the outcome of the test because exactly. it's it's also it's almost like a it's a screenshot it's a moment momentarily screenshot you know it's if you take the tests two days later the the results probably will not be completely different but they will be different exactly and you have to think about um, what a psychologist does and the time frame that they have to work with you there's a reason that it's called a diagnostic tool it's something that helps them save time 
um, by giving you a test or questions to answer, you can save a lot of time and get a general perception of the person, but it's really just to help them do their work. It's not uh, something that defines who you are or what your mental illness is. So don't be scared of taking these tests. I think that's our goal for today. Exactly. Don't be scared. It can actually be really fun and it can also be quite informative. And I, we also just went about it in the way that we literally just Googled um, depression diagnostic test. Yeah. And we just also looked for the ones that came up first because I think most people will not scroll forever. And we just took, Lola took one for depression and I took one for anxiety. And then we both took one for personality traits whatever or emotional stability and um, i think many people take these tests also in google just because sometimes it can be um, soothing i guess or if you think you know you haven't been feeling right or something it's like when you when you're sick and you just googled symptoms why do you do it because you hope to find an explanation for it or exactly be able to evaluate yourself what you have which is you know <laughs> a very uh, dangerous game <laughs> it also is. it is so i'm gonna sh i'm gonna explain to you why this is dangerous by talking about my test i am a generally stable person i i don't have any um, diagnosis of any mental illness actually if I would go to a psychiatrist I would have no diagnosis and I took a which one should we do first I think I'll do the depression one first because that's pretty alarming <laughs> I took a depression test um, online and my result was that I have moderately severe depression That's a very scary result to get. I don't know exactly what it means because moderate and severe are in the same line, which is a little bit strange. I think it's because I did not say that I was suicidal. Um, if I would have clicked that I think about harming myself, I think I would have severe depression. But this just shows that I, yeah, I'm in a bad mood a lot. And yes, I'm very irritable. And things annoy me and I also have I'm somebody who is generally not very energetic these are just things that I think are part, part of my personality and of course I developed them over my lifetime definitely to defend myself against you know bad feelings or things that happen between me and other people but It's just who I am and anybody who knows me knows that I'm like that and it doesn't mean that I have severe depression. Um, you also have to think about the time. We're in a pandemic. We've all been completely isolated. Not all of us, but a lot of us. I have. And if you don't consider the time that you're in in that moment, it can be really dangerous because it definitely affects your score. I'm home alone every day. I have nothing to do. So of course I'm gonna choose, you know, the answers that say, do you, are you motivated to do things every day? What am I supposed to do? I'm home and there's a lockdown, you know? You have to consider these things. Exactly. And also just maybe as a little reference, I'm going to read you some of the questions that were asked. And yeah. we're pretty sure that no matter what 
test you take, for example, for a depression, the questions will probably be probably be very similar. So questions are like, um, I have little interest or pleasure in doing things. And then, you know, the answers go from not at all to several days, more than half the days, nearly every day, etc. Or I'm feeling down, depressed or hopeless, trouble falling asleep, staying asleep, sleeping too much, feeling tired, having little energy. So these questions are all so broad and could literally change every single week. So if you took the test one week, it could probably say you're severely depressed. And another week when you just sleep well, it could be like you're completely fine. But I agree. I think it's super, super important always to consider the context that you're in, the time that you're in, what's happening. Because I dare say that for most of us um, at this moment, we're feeling a bit more hopeless than maybe like (laughs) three years ago or that we have less interest in doing certain things or less pleasure because there's always this anxiety about getting COVID or, you know, jeopardizing someone else's health, etc. So I absolutely agree. You always have to consider the context that you're in. Yeah. And also, I'm not saying that these tests are wrong. You know, maybe you do have depression and you take one of these tests and you get a lot of insight into something that might be a problem for you. But that also doesn't mean that you're going to be diagnosed with major depression or that you need to go on antidepressants. It could be a really good indicator for maybe going to seek help and going to talk to somebody, but you don't have to hang on to these terms. I don't I don't think they're so important. Definitely. And also usually when you do these tests, at the end of them, you know, you read the outcome or the test result and then like written relatively small, they also say that this is not meant to be a formal diagnosis, but it's more like an indicator or a good way to identify if depression is possible possibly a problem for you but very often i think once we read that result we don't even read further it's almost like again when you google oh i have a pimple on my arm <laughs> and then it says you have cancer right. you probably won't read further because there's just this massive i have cancer in the room and then you don't really care for more but Again, don't forget that these sites are also made for the general public. So they're not as specified, of course. And also you take them by yourself. So again, don't get hung up on it. I think something really important also that I think people don't know, but we might know just because of our education. Something that was very, very helpful for me to learn was that um, diagnostic tools and diagnostic um, terms and... Basically, a diagnosis is not so much these days to actually be what you have. A huge part of diagnostics is insurance. So a lot of people, it doesn't matter where you live or what country you're in. A lot of people want to get help or want to talk to somebody or want to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist or even a therapist. And something that you really need to know is that in a lot of countries, to get your treatment covered by insurance, you need a diagnosis. So the psychologist will find the best fitting diagnosis to you. But this is actually just to basically make sure that you don't have to pay for your therapy. 
Exactly. And I can also speak for that from someone who is working as a therapist that when we have a first interview with patients, um, the part of that fee gets covered by the Krankenkasse, so by the insurance. But as Lola just said, in order for it to be covered, there needs to be a diagnosis written. And what I always say and what all the therapists usually say, hopefully, is that you will see a diagnosis on this paper. Please, please keep in mind that this is mainly for insurance and don't get hung up on it. Because again, of course, when you think that a professional writes after like seeing you for 50 minutes what you have, it can seem extremely intimidating and like, oh my God, this is wrong with me. And then you go home and you Google and then basically it's over. So I always say, please don't get hung up on it. This is really just for reference for the insurance so that you get your money. But I can also speak for therapists. Therapists, and this is the difference between therapists and um, psychologists, at least when you work in a private practice, I dare say that 99% of therapists do not care about a diagnosis. Even if you come with a diagnosis from a doctor or something, yes, maybe it can be a good indicator. It can be a good guideline. It is interesting. It will probably be part of the therapy at some point. What does it mean to me to have this diagnosis, etc.? But therapists usually or very often do not care about the diagnosis and very often also won't give you a diagnosis because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's so helpful for for everybody to know that, of course, in very extreme circumstances, it does matter. But these are such a small percentage of people who need treatment. These are like the cases that you see on TV or the cases that you read about. But I think it's really helpful to know that diagnostics are actually not for you. It's for the professionals just so they can basically do their job. And it's just a tool for them to be able to allow you to receive treatment without you having to pay out of pocket. Yes. And also additionally to that, no one ever has one diagnosis. If we go that way, if we go into this direction, we would all have 10 overlapping diagnoses. You know what I mean? Because a diagnosis usually comes with other stuff. It's not like someone is depressed and only depressed because symptoms vary from person to person. And for example, someone who is depressed very often also cannot sleep or maybe then they show some severe anxieties. There's always these... uh, comorbidity I think it's yeah. comorbidities yeah so diagnosis or like pictures of illnesses or whatever conditions I guess more that go hand in hand so if we are completely honest we all have a bit of everything it's like a big mess and everyone is a little bit depressed these days probably Definitely. and anxious and some people then have issues with substance some will have it with eating some will have it with sexual behavior whatever so It's never really one diagnosis and only that. And that again shows that a diagnosis is just an indicator of something. But it's not the stand. It's not it's not set in stone. Okay, this actually reminds me of something that it's it's not funny, but it was very entertaining for me. I actually had this thought um, for the last year or something that I might be on the autism spectrum. And I took... A test, of course, 
And I am apparently on the border of the autism spectrum, according to Google. So there's another example of what these test results give you. Absolutely. And maybe coming to the next one, because <laughs> Lola took the one for depression yes. and I took the one for anxiety and anxiety disorders. And I dare say that I'm a quite stable person emotionally. You have to keep in mind, I am a therapist and I am in therapy three times a week and I function quite well, I would say very well actually in my life. And even my test score was that I do suffer from mild anxiety. And when I saw this, I was just like, well, who doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't? And again, it says, you know, that it doesn't indicate I have an anxiety disorder, but it's an issue for me and la la la. But things like anxiety, etc., are so broad. And again, who doesn't? But what's maybe more interesting is that then we took a test about emotional stability. Which we are really supposed to be very emotionally stable. Yes. Again, keep in mind, we or I am currently also in therapy. Lola at the moment is not. Um, but I've done a lot of work on myself. And basically my test score is 60 of 100. And I'm going to read you what it says. It says... A score above 60 indicates a tendency towards emotional stability, while a score below 60 indicates a tendency away from emotional stability. So basically, I am right on the border of not being emotionally stable, which I think is not accurate. Yeah. Nevertheless, this test says, watch out, <laughs> you could be slipping. <laughs> so... Yeah, then, then mine comes in, which is, of course, not the best answer. Um, so Carla got a score of 60, which she took the test first, and we were like, oof, that's, that's not great. And then I took the test, and I got a 45. So I am not emotionally stable, which... I have to say is pretty ridiculous because I think both of us are extremely emotionally stable. I think I am very emotional. Um, and of course I struggle with being emotional, but when you talk about stability, I completely disagree with anything saying that we're emotionally unstable because I feel like that's the one thing that we have been working towards and it's the one thing that we've been practicing and learning about these past few years and this is something that we talked about a lot also in our past episodes like there's this weird tendency to try to avoid being emotional and people think that that's healthier and people think that if you're stable and you're doing well then you're not feeling you know very intense emotions or you're only feeling positive ones. It's so bad for people, I think, because I am glad that I feel things intensely and I'm really glad that I have ups and downs and I'm also thankful for the downs because they're important and they're necessary to grow and to learn and also reflect. And I think that's complete bullshit that 
if you are an emotional person, it means that you're emotionally unstable. It's just what you choose to do with those emotions that makes you stable or not. And I think that wasn't even considered in this test. I could not agree more. And it just also raises the question for me, what does emotional stability even mean? And you might be wondering why we chose this test. And we chose this test because we both felt like these are phrases that people hear and then they type it into Google. Right. You know, because they are so broad and they just want to know, am I emotionally stable? But the question is, what does it mean? And as you just said, isn't it, isn't it a sign of emotional stability that you feel all feelings, but you always bounce back to somewhat of an equilibrium or you can't adapt to the environment and things that go on? For me, emotional stability does not mean that you're always on this like same level of, you know, yeah. not feeling too much, not feeling too little. No, for me, the way I interpreted emotional stability is feeling all your feelings but kind of having a sense of self and being able to adapt to difficult situations or not difficult situations, but just having this like stable sense of self within you that you can always come back to. And I was just thinking, as you said it, there is, I don't know what song it is, but there is a, there is a lyric that I really, really enjoy in some song. And it's, it's, it goes like, it's better to, it's better to feel pain than nothing at all. Yeah. And I, absolutely personally agree because I always find it very suspicious when people I mean to be honest I don't know really many people who have that but there are people where you always feel like nothing kind of affects them yeah and for They're, me that is a red flag me too this, this is like apathy and for me I'm sure that many people or people come across this way just because they're also generally really stable in their lives and stuff but nevertheless for me that is way more su suspicious than someone who also has highs and lows, etc. because it's exactly what makes us human. Yeah, when you're talking about diagnostic tools, actually, it's very interesting because when somebody is completely apathetic and completely on one level and one tone, it is actually an indicator for severe anxiety um, in a lot of diagnostic manuals, which I found really interesting. So don't believe what you see because it's, it's often, it's, it's not a goal that you want to have. And I don't think it's something that we should be striving for. And again, I think what you said about knowing yourself and having just a clear perception of who you are. Some people are way more irritable than others. Everything annoys me. That's who I am. I was like that as a baby. I was like that when I was a child. I'm like that now. And for me, just knowing that about myself and also when I have a day where I'm just like, oh my God, everything makes me feel like I want to cry. I know that I have to excuse myself for a day and I need to go to bed. And that doesn't mean that I'm suffering from severe depression. It means that I'm sensitive and I just need to recharge for a day. And I think it's so important to understand that not everything is an indication for you having a mental illness absolutely and just as we said that for example if you were to take one of these tests and you were or someone you know you know takes one of these tests and they're more unaffected by stuff then it would say you have severe anxiety and then if you say that last week you were feeling really depressed but then also really good one day 
it would probably say you're bipolar. So there's really no winning with these things. I think it's even dangerous. If um, I think about my brother, he went through a really, really rough patch about seven or eight years ago. And of course he did what most people would do. He went to a psychiatrist, which I would say, please don't do. (laughs) If you are not feeling well or you think that there is maybe something wrong or you need help, please go to a therapist first. I think it's a mistake to go straight to a psychiatrist. It's very, very helpful when you kind of work with multiple professionals but if you only go to one which you know just prescribes medication i would say it's pretty dangerous so he went to a psychiatrist and of course the psychiatrist is doing their job i'm not saying that they did anything wrong but they have to give them a diagnosis so he diagnosed my brother as bipolar prescribed him a shitload of medication And that medication really, really, like, made my brother go downhill very fast. And he spiraled pretty much out of control because that's all he had. He had this diagnosis and he had all this medication that he had to take because there was only one perspective of what was going on. And it didn't help at all. It made things much worse. I think this is always, again, something, a very ambivalent situation about diagnoses, that diagnoses can be extremely helpful for some people, but they can also cause much more damage to other people. And I don't really know what that's dependent on. But for example, when someone has been just, how should I say, suffering to a certain degree for really all their life, and they don't know what's wrong with them and maybe it goes more into direction of someone with a personality disorder where it's really yeah. nothing that you can we don't we once did a post about ego syntonic and ego dystonic but when it's really part of you and not something external like for example a substance addiction or something like that you know where you really feel like it's you and you cannot really name what's wrong with you and then let's say for example you really do extensive diagnostics with a clinical psychologist and maybe you also go to a therapist and a psychiatrist, whatever, and you get different opinions and then you get a diagnosis of having a bipolar personality disorder. That can be liberating. That can feel so good because you kind of finally have something to hold on to and you know there are other people who have this and you can educate yourself on it and what does it mean and I think it can be such a relief because there is a name for what you have experienced the last years on the other side I think when you again maybe also get a diagnosis too early when you only go to a psychiatrist and as you just said this is not shitting on other professions at all because they're just doing their jobs but many people feel bad mentally and then they go straight to a psychiatrist And a psychiatrist is a doctor. Exactly. So just as if you were to go to the GP, you will get a diagnosis. They will look at you for like 10 minutes and say, oh, describing from the symptoms that you have without getting deep into it, you have this and this. So take this and this medication and then you'll be fine. And then you get really hung up on this diagnosis. Or I have had experience, many people who have done that. They get a diagnosis and then they almost 
just accept it without questioning it. And then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And then it very often comes this becomes this, frankly spoken, excuse that they fall back onto to excuse everything they do. You know, I do this, this and this. Oh, but it's because I have la la la. Yeah. So I think, as you just said, it's always so important to not only go seek a clinical psychologist or a psychiatrist, but hopefully to get like various opinions and then kind of combine them to a more complex picture of what you have and not just a diagnosis, but then, okay, what do I do with this now? And is it actually important to me? Yeah, something that we haven't even touched, which we learned a lot about in our studies is I think something that's never spoken about. And that is actually that it's not only important to um, when you seek help, go to mental health professionals, but it is so important to go see a regular doctor because in so many cases, it might sound crazy and it might sound even ridiculous, but maybe you have hyperthyroidism. Maybe you have a hormone imbalance, you know, and then you get prescribed an antipsychotic and it's just not the treatment that you need. In a lot of cases, it is just something that's going on with your body. It's just it's so important and we want to stress so much to really seek out help from every angle when you really feel that something is wrong because every professional will have their opinion and you know what's in the scope of their education as well but you're not getting a full picture and it's just it's very important i agree and i think there are also many people out there who have gotten diagnoses and i'm talking about uh, mental health diagnoses and it's been years since they've gotten it and i think very often we're not encouraged to question them or to go back to reevaluate and this is something i also just recently discussed in a seminar that you can never forget that psychiatry psychopharmacology etc that's all it's all massive businesses yeah so as we talked about in previous episodes they also in that sense don't want you to get better they want you to have a diagnosis because then you have to take medication etc but i'm giving you an example now very very typical kids get uh, diagnosed with adhd get put on medication this is especially prevalent in the states they get put on adhd medication and then they are on adhd medication for 10 years which is not necessary in many, many cases. And this, of course, also does something to a person in their development. But I think then it's very often the case that people say and have accepted, I have ADHD, but just because maybe you had ADHD symptoms when you were five does not mean it's still the same when you were like 25. You know, things can change. And I think, I know this is very difficult and also easier said than done, but finding, hopefully, a healthcare professional, and this, I would assume, are most likely going to be therapists that could work with you on re-evaluating your yeah. current situation. And are you still having these symptoms? Are you still feeling that way? And this is something that is done in therapy with people who really have illnesses as schizophrenia and stuff. Psychiatrists often put them on medications and are like, okay, off you go, you know, and if it doesn't work anymore, you come back, we change the medication. But the therapist's work is to also reevaluate the symptoms every six months or something. Where are they now? How are they feeling now? Is this still necessary, the treatment, the diagnosis, etc.? 
So we just realized we've been talking for like 30 minutes nonstop. And usually when we record, we talk for like 15 minutes. Yeah, take a break. We take a little break, drink something, we come back to it. But I don't know, we got really, really <laughs> into it. And we just figured that maybe this is like a lot of information or a lot of us rambling. And we hope it's it's not too much. Yeah, I think it's just really useful. Like I really... I wish this sounds so narcissistic. I swear I'm not full of myself, but I wish somebody told me this, you know, when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I also went to a doctor when I was a teenager. Same thing happened to me. I went to a doctor, a fucking general practitioner, and I told him, um, I'm tired. I don't have any energy. My mood is pretty low. And he prescribed me antidepressants. And to be totally transparent um i started taking the antidepressants and i had seizures and this is why i want to stress it's just so dangerous going to one person talking to them for 15 minutes and taking the medication that they prescribe you i wish i had somebody to tell me that there isn't only one answer and you don't have to trust one person to tell you what your solution is it sounds easier but it's often very harmful. So I just, I think that's why I'm sure you as well. That's why I'm just like super passionate about this topic because I wish more people knew that you don't have to kind of go get a prescription and then take that for the rest of your life. Yes, and I also have an experience like that. Um, we've talked about it before in other episodes. Also, obviously, a lot of our own biographies are being disclosed in this podcast. But when I was a teenager, I was also diagnosed with an eating disorder. And I will never forget that I once went to a doctor um, and she said, once you have an eating disorder, you will always have an eating disorder in the sense of this diagnosis will never leave you. And I will never forget this moment because I left and I felt so discouraged. And I was like, then what's the fucking point? Yeah. No matter how much work I put in, I will always have this. And it's taken me solid 10 years to understand that while maybe I will always have a bit more of an issue with eating and body image, etc. than other people, it does not mean that I still identify with myself with my diagnosis from then yeah and also your diagnosis if you have one or if you ever get one it's not you it's also not not if you get the flu you are not the flu you have the flu this was always so important for me um back then to understand and as you said i think it's so important to seek different opinions and i dare say this is also a reason why we decided to become therapists and not psychologists exactly and again nothing against psychologists but i think this is also why many many people are psychologists and therapists because as therapists we really don't care that much about the diagnosis it can be helpful guidelines it can be good indicators yes we learn how to diagnose people do we use it that much not really yeah so everyone what's the takeaway what's the takeaway so officially lola is severely depressed i'm and, severely depressed and i'm not really emotionally stable <laughs> and let's keep in mind the context of 
when we took these quizzes, when you guys take these quizzes, and that we all have a bit of everything. Yes. So I would say to really keep in mind that diagnostic tools are really helpful for mental health professionals, but for you, don't take it too seriously. Maybe use it as a guideline for you to seek help, but never hold on to a word or a phrase or something that kind of is there to define you because it does not define you. Exactly. So if you take these quizzes, yeah. wherever, whenever, I understand it. Listen, <laughs> I get it. Seriously. I think they can be really, really fun. But keep in mind that they are not the truth. You know, they yeah. they can be fun. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe you can take something away from it. But please, please don't take it too seriously. And if you already have a diagnosis, remember that you are not your diagnosis. And exactly. don't and don't be afraid to, again, go in with your psychiatrist, your psychologist, your therapist to reevaluate. Do I still have this? Is this really still what I what my symptoms are? Maybe it changed in the last, I don't know, when you got it, five years ago, two months ago, doesn't really matter. Definitely. Don't be scared to like question it. Yeah, so we hope you enjoyed today. Um, it was definitely fun for us to talk about it and uh, let us know if you have any questions or if you have any comments you can always message us or dm us and also good luck everyone for the christmas holidays or whatever holidays you're about to celebrate we are certainly very ambivalent towards the the upcoming weeks but hang in there exactly we are ambivalent is a great word. Yeah. I feel like it's therapist's favorite we love word. It. We love it. Because everything is ambivalent. <laughs> um but yeah, I agree. Good luck for the holidays. Um maybe we will post one more before the new year. Maybe yeah. we won't. I don't know. We'll see. But good luck. Hang in there. Don't forget the holidays are just like any other days of the year. So please don't fall for all this external pressure. And it's the most wonderful time of the year bullshit. Like it yeah. does not need to be. It doesn't need to be. So with that being said, <laughs> have a good day. And thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.